Welcome to another episode of Ask the Doulas. I am Alyssa, your host, and I'm talking with Cindy from Cindy Suds again today. Hello. Hello. It's lunchtime and we're hungry. We are. So hopefully you don't hear our stomachs growl. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk about a topic today that um, probably doesn't pertain to families with babies, but even me with a five-year-old, it's something I'm thinking about, and you with teenagers has definitely gone through, and that is talking to kids about sex. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how, even how young kids begin to ask those questions. When my daughter was three, I got the first like, mommy, how do babies get in your tummy? Yeah. Um, and at that age, literally my explanation to her, we were like driving in the car and I Mm -hmm. had no forewarning of course. Right. So I was like, well, daddies have sperm, mommies have eggs. And when they meet, it makes a baby. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Like that was literally Done. good enough yeah. explanation for her. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, when's the next, like <laughs> when's level two coming? Like what, what do I have to explain next? Yeah. Um, and she did, I think like when she was four, ask something like, well, how does the baby get in there? You know, what did you say? <sighs> what did I say? I think I just said, well, remember how I told you about the sperm and the egg and they have to, and, and she didn't ask anymore. Okay. So she was like, no, I didn't remember that. So in her mind, that was a, like another the answer explanation. Yeah. So we haven't gotten there yet, but she's five. Um, I don't yeah. know okay, when so she'll ask again. So talking you to your kids about like, sex is the worst thing ever. <laughs> and it's the scariest thing ever because you feel like you don't want to give too much, but you don't want to give not enough. And the thing that I'm learning, and as my kids are now reaching adulthood and beyond, is that I probably should have started the conversation earlier, and I probably should have revisited it so casually that it was not a big deal. Because when you when you have a talk, you know, and then maybe they're between the ages of nine and eleven, you have the big talk, right? So you you're building up in your head. It's probably awful for your kids to sit down and hear about the you know because they the, don't want to hear they don't want to hear mom, from your like mom think, well then thinking that your mom and dad have sex like right. that's probably the grossest thing you can absolutely ever why yeah they're probably like wanting to stick needles in their eyes <laughs> um but now in hindsight looking back i'm like oh i can see where i have some friends that are so very open that i'm kind of like oh my gosh i'm a little uncomfortable but um their kids seem to roll with sex talks better than my kids who would run, you know, with their hands over their ears. Okay, go, 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 go. I got it, got it, got it. Right. Like they'll ask me something completely random. And if it has anything to do with sex now, I feel like they're like, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Whereas I've got some friends who are like, oh yeah, okay, so you know, and they lay it right on the table and their kids don't bat an eye because they're so used to mom and dad being so open about it. And so I it seems like you have to do what's right for you as a family. Mm-hmm. Some people naturally are going to be more conservative about how they feel comfortable talking to their kids about sex, but, and some are going to be more open. But regardless, it's a conversation that has to happen over and over and over. and Not just once. Not like, just once. I never really got a sex talk, and when I did, it was one time and very... Uh, I mean, it probably lasted all of 20 seconds, yeah. and it was super uncomfortable, of course. and then there was nothing else. Right. And I think that's what a lot of us grew up with, because who wants to talk about sex to their kids? And so... I'm really not afraid of it. I just don't want to do it wrong. Right. And so when she asked me at three, I was caught off guard, but yeah. I feel like I'm going to be very open about it without divulging right. too much. Right. Like, I'm not going to... 
right. tell her different positions when she's six <laughs> years old, but like, right. And I felt too, like as a PA, I was going to be very open about it. And my kids are more private. They've always been more private. They don't change in front of each other. And we've got two boys that share a room that they make the other person go out and they've always been like this. So mm-hmm. It's just, that's just their personality. So I've kind of had to work with them. So I'm more open with talking about anatomically factual type information because that's medical minded for Mm -hmm. me. But um, the whole key is I just feel like you have to do it in stages enough and have it be talked about enough where it's not going to come out as a one-time shock and then okay, that was your 20-second sex talk, and now good luck, you know. <laughs> so it's there's lots and lots and lots of great resources out there, and there's lots of great books. So you can get them at the library. You can get them at different bookstores that talk about what's appropriate at 3, what's appropriate at 5, what's appropriate at 7, and kind of read them all. Even if you have a 10-year-old, read what's appropriate at 3 because you may not have talked about what's appropriate at three. Mm -hmm. And if you start talking to a 10-year-old and they've not gotten the three-year-old information, that might really blow them. them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's just going to be over the top. It's a good idea. So I need to go buy a couple sex books. Buy some sex books because there's a lot out there and you can pick and choose as a mom what wording is comfortable for you. I personally would definitely say use anatomical words. Do not do fake words. You know, this is your... My daughter boom, knows boom, it's a vulva. This is. Okay, perfect. She'll be like, yeah. Mommy, I have... <laughs> my vulva the, the other day, I was like, what is this little wad of toilet paper on the floor? Why didn't you throw it away? She goes, oh, that was stuck in my vulva. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Still, I'm glad you found it, but it needs to go in the trash can. Right, but yeah, right. I'm not... Um, you know, and my, my mom, you know, my parents' generation, when she called, you know, was talking about her vagina one day, my mom was like, oh, did you hear she just said vagina? I'm like, well, like, that's... Duh. That's what it, That's what it like, is. What do you want me to call right. it? Or hoo ha? Or you know, like exactly. It, don't go. Don't go there because yeah, I agree. Our kids are smarter than we think, and if we start using dumbed down words, they could potentially have a dumbed down version of what sex is. You don't want that. You want to be a straight shooter with them. Um, the other thing that, and this is an aside too, is the whole sex talk and starting it, you know, super young, just being very age appropriate with what you're saying, but start the conversation. Um, if just, you've got to just have that conversation. It's got to be comfortable and natural. And it's got to be something that flows kind of woven through your whole parenting. It's got to be consistent. The other thing that we are facing now that we didn't have in our time growing up is that pornography is readily accessible and when we were growing up you had to search out pornography and now you have to flee from pornography and it's a very very different world they could be innocently on snapchat or instagram facetiming their friend whatever whatever they use computer wise and every family has their own boundaries for what they are comfortable with for computer time but it is literally out there everywhere so you would be naive to think that that that's they don't a, know that they don't know, and that's mm-hmm. a problem that they're not going to run into until they're in junior high. Oh, sister, it's a problem that's happening super, super early and young because it's just it's everywhere. So mm-hmm. you've got to start thinking now about if you want to have on internet blockers or some kind of an accountability um, blocker on your computer or on their phone. Be careful with giving your kids phones. Every kid has a phone. But now looking back, I'm like, gee, that was like handing a 
time bomb to your kids because they can get open stuff. access. It's open access. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we were growing up, you literally had to search it out. And nowadays, well, we didn't have the internet, so it wasn't even like Google searching it. Right. It was like, oh, my mom under my, the bed, right? Or my, exactly. My friend's brother, right? Under his my bed uncle keeps. in the bathroom yeah. cabinet. <laughs> I mean, you had it had to be something that was physically sought out. And now your kids are needing to physically remove themselves and flee from something that is so out there. So that's, I think, part of the whole sex talk, too, is when you're doing the sex talk with your kids, make sure that you're establishing a guideline of what you feel is healthy for their sexual um, relationships with themselves and with others and within their family because it's out there and they will get exposed to it. And if you don't talk about what your healthy normal is, they will have a different idea of what a normal is from what is out in the world. We've um, had to have the masturbation conversation way early with my daughter because she's a humper. And, you know, we just had to say that totally fine. I know it feels really good. Do it in your bedroom. Don't do it. You know, like she was still napping at the time in school. Mm -hmm. And we're like, you don't do that at nap time at school. This is a private thing. I don't care what you're doing. Um, Just make it private. And I've actually started calling it the Humpty Dance. She'll she'll tell me, like, Mommy, I want to go in bed and, like, do the Humpty Dance. I'm like, that's fine. But if I see her starting to do, like, well, I'm scratching her back at night, I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, babe, that's... For you to do by yourself, I, you don't want me or daddy or any friends around. Like, you do that on your own time. So she knows, like, right. I'm going to go in my bedroom and I'm going to hang out by myself for a yeah. little bit. And you know what? You're not shaming her either. Because no, absolutely not. Exactly. It has, and that's the whole thing. If it's not, if you don't establish that, hey, that's totally fine, go in your room, it's just a private thing, then she could have other ideas imprinted, imprinted on her from what she sees out there. So the fact that you're giving her a safe place and you know that's permission. just permission and it's just something that you do in private that's exactly what I'm talking and about and she has no idea at this point that it's even related to sex right All exactly she it just feels good it feels good to right. her and exactly she wants to do it so fine right, right. now until you ask more questions again you know right. we're, we're walking a fine line if she's very um she's five she's very naive right now and Absolutely. I want her to be that way I'm not yeah. going to tell her Give her the sex talk yet because she's she's not asking questions yet. But you still want to have enough little, you know, Mm -hmm. even little things like, ooh, mommy's breasts are sore because, you know, like if she hits you funny, ooh, ooh, honey, honey, that hurt my breast because, you know, women get sore in their breast, you know, when they get their period or whatever. So that it's just it's a conversation Mm -hmm. so that nothing is all of a sudden blurted out and they're like. I just got hit by a fire hose. That um, leads me to the, the conversation of having periods is, you know, because I have a daughter and I'm, I've been very open with her about things and changes in a right. woman's body and even breastfeeding, you know, like you, yeah. you get a baby and they automatically come with a bottle. So from <laughs> a very young age, I was like, baby's hungry and I'd stick the baby on her little booby yeah. instead of giving the baby the bottle. Um, but I grew up, again, getting zero, having zero conversations about anything, sex, periods, anything. Mm-hmm. So I, my mother told me at one point that you had to be sexually active to use tampons. And when I was in, mm-hmm, and I found out later as an adult when I confronted her and said, why did you ever tell me this? Oh, that must have been something that grandma told me. I'm like, so you're telling, you're giving me. 1940s she, advice? She was born in like 1920. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Um 
So I'm probably a little bit on the opposite spectrum of being very, very open about what's going on. And she knows what a tampon is. She yeah. knows yeah. what a period is. She knows why. She's like, why do? Why does that happen? And when will that happen to me? Well, you're normalizing it. If you kept it secretive, when you start having secrets, that's when you start questioning, well, why is it secretive? Right. So well, then she's going to ask her friends instead of me. You know, right. I, and it's, it's, this is natural. Like, it's, there's nothing secretive about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I remember in, you know, seventh or eighth grade, my girlfriend Allison coming up to me in the hall and asking for a tampon. And my, I was in shock. I'm like, <gasps> oh my God, she's having, having sex. sex. <laughs> you know, we're like 13 years old. I'm like, and that's all I could think about. Right. And oh, I don't know how I Allison. found out, but like right. I went, I went to the store by myself somehow and like bought tampons. Uh-huh. And I went through three or four of them before I figured out how to use oh, it. Same with me. Yeah. I know it would just be so much easier if as, you know, as a parent, you could say, Hey, you know, this is what you do. This is, I even actually had a friend that showed her daughter how to use it. She was like, yeah, this is what you do. Why you not? Know, so easy. Yeah. And her daughter was like, Oh, okay. You know, I stood outside the bathroom door. I'm like, can I help? You know, can, can I talk you through it? She's like, no, there's a direction right here. I'm like, I know, but I went through like you three or four before went in comfortably. And you know, I wasn't like, "Eh, you know, it's not sitting right. Can I help? Can I talk you through it? No, get away. So each person's going to be different, but if you're starting out being super open about life and about sex that's the best way to be because now there's not going to be fear or stigmas or they're going to come to you feel, hopefully yeah, she versus, doesn't have to feel like it's this bad thing that she needs absolutely. to seek out porn on the internet right. and be secret and you're about not it. seeking out porn it no. will find you. Right, yeah. right. That's true. It just yeah. happens. I know. It, it happens to me when I'm just Googling something. I know. You're like, oh. Hmm. Like, oops, I that was, shouldn't use that word, I guess, you know? Yeah. But especially in the birth world, like looking up like stuff, stuff right. for breastfeeding or right. I, yeah. like, all sorts of crazy stuff yeah. comes up. Yeah. Um, so but, just, you know, yeah. you know, just talking about it and keeping open. But at your stage in the game, I would just check out some sex books from the library and pick and choose what feels Good and familiar right. for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being consistent with having the talks and not, not making it a big deal. Because when you're making it a big deal, now they're going to think it's a big deal. But mm-hmm. if you're just talking about it regularly, like life, because it is life, it will be received better. And I think it'll be a healthier transition. Because it's not fun, regardless, talking about that with your kids. But if you have some tools in your back pocket about, well, I'm going to say this, and this is what I feel comfortable saying at this stage in mm-hmm. life, and giving a little bit more information as, as they get older, that's you know that's probably the best route to go. Yeah, I might put that on my to-do list. Library of sex books from the library. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. It's always yeah, no so problem. fun talking to you. Um, so Cindy's with Cindy Suds, like I mentioned before. Um, we've talked to her a lot. And in case you guys haven't heard, you can find her at cindysuds.com. Um, and then a bunch of great local stores in Grand Rapids you yeah. can find her in. Also in Rockford now, too. In Rockford, which I yeah. might need to check out that little baby store. What's it called? Bridge? It's called Bridge Street Baby. Yeah. And they carry primarily baby clothing through, I believe it's 24 months. Oh. So, um, but super cute store. Yeah, um, they've got Cindy Suds products there. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, you can email us at info at Gold Coast Doulas. And we are online, goldcoastdoulas.com. And you can find our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes. And then we are also on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. Bye.